And we are live. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Can't lie to y'all. Trying to keep the vibes high as that was a tough loss for your Toronto Raptors. As they fall 138 to 100. I had to read that again over just to make sure that it's not a typo. But 138 to 100, your Toronto Raptors fall to the New Orleans Pelicans. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for tuning into this much needed therapy session, Raptors fans. On this, the Canada Hoops Daily presents Wrap It Up podcast. We come to you live after each and every Toronto Raptors games. Yes, even ones like this. Because I feel like these are the ones that are needed the most. Where I'm here to try to tell y'all just a little something that might be a positive spin on just what was an absolute beatdown. And, you know, the other part that I tried to do, that I will always try to do, is bring you some perspective, right? Try to give you a little perspective. And these are not excuses, it's just reality. Second night of a back-to-back, double overtime game the night before, you're traveling, you're without RJ, yeah, this could have been pretty predictable that it would not be a good game for the Raps. Now, a 38-point loss, no one's ever going to be able to say you can predict that. But not a good showing for the Toronto Raptors on this one. But we will break it all down. And this is why you tune into the pod. This is your podcast, a live and interactive show. So make sure you send in your comments and questions. Again, if you are ever listening to this podcast live, first off, thank you because I appreciate you. But remember to send in your comments and questions as we will go through them all on YouTube and on Instagram at Canada Hoops Daily. Make sure you like, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and send in your comments and or questions. Same thing goes for the app formerly known as Twitter at Can Hoops Daily. That's where you can find this podcast live after each and every Toronto Raptors game and join the show. Right, like I'm the fool here in front of the mic, but I will read and discuss all of your comments and questions because this is about, you know, we're we're trying to make this a learning experience for everyone. And you look at a game like this, okay? And I feel like it's important to digest, first off, what just happened. And context is very, very important. It wasn't that long ago that my guy Zolfi was on with me and we were discussing the double OT loss That was less than 24 hours ago. And I feel like that's important context here because the Raptors are a team that is not deep. You're dealing with brand new players. You're dealing with a whole new roster, a first-year coach, all of these things. So now you come off a double OT loss in which you blew a 23-point game, right? You lose in double overtime. Heartbreaker. Now you have to get on a flight, get to New Orleans, get ready to play, and oh yeah, RJ's going to sit this one out because obviously he's coming back after a knee injury. So this is more like a maintenance thing. You don't really want to play him back-to-back nights, heavy minutes, double overtime, all that fun stuff for no reason. So you give RJ the night off. But that means that's one less cooker for your squad. And the reason why having the cookers are important when you're playing against the New Orleans Pelicans It's because they got shooters on deck. Brandon Ingram, 
put in work in this one. 41 points, nine assists, six rebounds, but 16 for 21 from the field, eight for 11 from three-point land. First off, 41 points on 21 shots, that's a night. 41 points on 16 of 21 shooting, that's insane. Eight of 11 from three, also insane. We'll break that down. We'll break down the epic third quarter. But there's, I want to talk about some other things that went on in this game because there are lots to talk about. When you're looking at the Toronto Raptors team, and you're trying to figure out just what, what's going on here. What pieces fit? What pieces don't? The trade deadline is just a couple days away. Who might be here on the other side? Let, let's break this all down, okay? So let's start from the beginning. Scotty Barnes in the starting lineup with IQ, Bruce Brown, Gary Trent Jr., and Jakob Pertl. That's super important because Bruce Brown, the Raptors, and Bruce Brown are also, they're auditioning to be traded, right? Bruce Brown can be a key piece on a really good team. And he's getting an opportunity to start, especially, you know, RJ and Quick missed a bunch of games. But this provides opportunity for Bruce Brown. And he's doing okay, but not really enough. Not really what you need or what you'd expect from Bruce Brown. But at the end of the day, I still feel like teams know Bruce Brown's value is better served on a big-time team. Right? He's going to, the hustle plays matter more when you're on a, a, you know, a team with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, where you could just fill in, make the big plays here and there. Here, the ask might be a little too much because the Raptors just need a little bit of everything. So Bruce Brown getting the start, okay, he did all right. But Gary Trent Jr. might be having one of the weirdest contract seasons in a long time because he was getting all the minutes, and then he wasn't. And then he got hurt, and then he came back, and then he's getting opportunities to start, and he's not really taking advantage of this opportunity. And he came back to the Raptors, opted into his deal to try to outplay the contract that he could have signed last season, right? Or last offseason. And it's not going well for Gary. I don't know what Gary Trent Jr.'s value is at this point, but I wonder what Masai and company are thinking heading into the trade deadline because either you're letting Gary walk, you're trading him, or you're going to re-sign him. Do you see him as a piece that fits around Emmanuel Quickly, Scotty Barnes, and R.J. Barrett going forward? And dare I say Grady Dick, who had a good game. We'll get there. So I wanted to bring that up just because the starting lineup, you have two guys, Gary Trent Jr., Bruce Brown, that if you're the Raptors, if you're the front office, you're hoping these guys can show positive signs of life that maybe it gets you an extra second round pick. Maybe you could package them both together and there's a team that, you know, you you up the value of your return. But it didn't go so well tonight. Luckily, you got the Hornets on Wednesday and hopefully things go a bit better. But in terms of tonight, those guys really struggled. I mean, everyone struggled for the Raps. I would say not named Grady. Everyone else struggled for the Toronto Raptors. That's just the reality of the situation. Right from the jump, 10-2 run out the gate for the Pels. And Darko calls timeout after Brandon Ingram 3. And that was a trend. Runs by the Pels. Timeouts by Darko. And three-pointers by Brandon Ingram. 
the Raps in the first quarter found themselves down 20 points. It is very difficult to be down 20 points in the first quarter of a game. And the Raps, I mean, I want to give them credit because here's the thing, right? There's certain things in the NBA that are just schedule losses. And there might even be schedule blowouts. But what we saw from the Raptors in last night's game against OKC in the first half showed me that Darko is doing a good job in getting the messaging across to these guys in terms of defensive intensity. This is how we have to play. This is what you got to do. Now, we emphasized this last night on the pod that that's hard to do when you don't really have a deep team. So now you're asking your main guys, Scotty Barnes, to play high-level defense, guard the other team's best player, and oh yeah, lead our offense and drop 20 a night. That's a difficult ask for anyone, much less a 20-year-old that is now learning how to be that guy, trying to figure out how to be that guy. And you add that to what happened to start the game, so you see it, right? You see that they're capable of doing it, but they just need more pieces. And that's even more apparent on the second night of a back-to-back because when you come out and you're down 34-14 early, you have a drought where you don't score for five minutes. The offense is sluggish. Like the Pelicans defense was good, but there's also no real ball movement from the Raps. They're just settling for threes. It just wasn't a good look. Grady Dick came in the game, hit back-to-back threes. He was the only sign of life for the Raps. After the first quarter, it was 36-19 for the New Orleans Pelicans, and they just kept it rolling. Second quarter, the Raps lineup, and this is just showing you where the Raptors are right now. Second quarter lineup, they had Grady, Dennis Schroeder, Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, and Jakob Pertl. That lineup is going to be tough for you to compete against anyone in the NBA. That's just the reality of it. The only thing going for the Raps was Grady. And I think, you know, if we take a second and break down what Grady was able to do in this game, I thought it was really cool because we've been talking about you're seeing the glimpses, right? And and you're seeing the glimpses of confidence on the offensive end. You're seeing Darko and company start to draw up more like easier sets for Grady where he's getting open looks to knock down those threes. But also... He's moving within the flow of the offense. You see him, you know, he'll catch the ball on the perimeter, but if it's not there, he's okay to drive to the cup and make a play going to the basket. He's finishing at the rim and then stepping out, knocking down those open threes. I thought that was huge. 13 points early for him. You know, the Raps were able to cut that lead from 21 to 12 at one point, but that didn't last long. Too much Pelicans, right? Grady had 15 in the first half. On, fi- on six of eight shooting. But Brandon Ingram, 21 in that first half, nine of 11 shooting. The Pels pulled away at the end of that first half and didn't really look away. It was 67-50 at the half. And the Toronto Raptors, again, not much outside of Grady. I mean, you thought his you know career high, he played a career high in minutes, he had a career high in points in this game. And I'm going to say that's the only bright spot. He kept it going, right? He got to 17 points in that third quarter, but the third quarter was just a Brandon Ingram show. And if the game wasn't already over, it was definitely over in that third quarter. Brandon Ingram had 20 of the Pelicans' 35 points in that third quarter. 
again, sorry, 20 of the 38 points in that third quarter, Brandon Ingram had. And, you know, of those other points, he had five assists in the quarter as well. That just tells you how much, how involved he was in that quarter. Raptors had zero answers. At one point, Brandon Ingram had 15 straight points. Straight. Five straight threes. Like, that's a heat check on heat check on heat check. Like, when does when do you get the heat check moniker? Is it after you, you take and make the third one? Is the third one the heat check? Or is the fourth one the heat check? Because the fifth one's depth, like you're on fire at that point, right? <laughs> Either way, my guy was cooking. As mentioned, 20 points in that third quarter. He had 41 at that point. Career high was 45, but... I mean, after three, it's 105-71, and there's really no need for Ingram to play, you know, the second half or the fourth quarter, pardon me. So, you know, finishes with 41 points in this game. And that was a wrap. You know, the final score, as mentioned, one 105-71 was the score after three. Final score, 138 to 100. The largest loss, the largest deficit of the season. The Raptors face, and I got a text message from a friend asking uh, if this was the worst game of the season in terms of effort. And you know, effort—that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know how much effort the Raps really had left in the tank, like what, how much effort they had to give. But in terms of just worst losses of the season, it's definitely up there. I mean, I'm going to always point to the Memphis loss, just because you know, at least in this game, you're losing to Brandon Ingram dropping 40 dropping a 40 piece on your head right um cj mccullum he had 20 points in this game 7 of 12 shooting zion had 16 in this game you know when you lost to the memphis grizzlies that was jaron jackson jr and luke Kennard getting busy right so like i still think that memphis and the memphis loss was at home you know, this is the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Like, to me, the Memphis loss is the worst loss of the season. There's the argument of the Detroit loss that obviously ended Detroit's losing streak, but we know the Raps were shorthanded after the trade. Lots going on there. But yeah, I don't know. I just think, you know, at, at this point where the Raps are, I think they're just trying to find, like, get to the trade deadline, see what the team is for the rest of the season, and then you can settle into... A rotation settle into okay Grady Jordan Nawara those guys know okay I'm getting minutes every night you know Chris Boucher has been basically a DNP CD for a little bit here and he played tonight because you might as well play everybody because you're getting blown out by almost 40 so Chris Boucher actually got some run in this game but he hasn't played much is he going to be here after the trade deadline so lots of interesting stuff for the Raptors, but I think the trade deadline will provide a moment of chill, a moment of exhale where you get to st stand and say, okay, this is our roster moving forward. These are the guys that are going to get minutes. Grady, you had a season high 30 minutes in this game. Okay. We know you're going to get 25 minutes for the second half of this season. To me, that's got to be, you know, the focus here, get to the all-star break, see what the roster is and just let Grady get his minutes. Let Scotty Barnes get his minutes. And, you know, Scotty Barnes, it's interesting because this was a cool matchup, right? Because you're seeing Scotty guarding Ingram on a lot of possessions. And there were moments where they were going back and forth. You know, Ingram would hit a shot. 
and then Scotty would come back and hit a shot. But I think as we go forward with Scotty being the guy, you know, he's still learning. He's still figuring out, okay, as the guy, I got to come out and go, like, go for real from the get-go, from jump. And Ingram was ready from the front end. But, you know, when we talk about what your star players do on the road, on the second night of a back-to-back, those are games that your star players win for you, but at least keep you in the game. And again, I'm not saying this about Scotty Barnes because he's young. And the reminder is that he's young and he's growing and he's developing and he's going to figure all this stuff out, right? Because he's learning. But, you know, this is just a learning curve. This is what, how tough it's going to be going forward. And I want to have these, I don't want to shy away from these conversations because I think it's a good opportunity to learn a little more And then appreciate the development when we see it on the other side, right? Like understand what we're seeing because you look at Scotty, you look at Emmanuel quickly. Those are two guys that when you come into this game on the second night of a back-to-back and there's no RJ, those are the two guys that got to know as soon as that ball is tipped up, they're ready to go. And they just really weren't in this game quickly with eight points six assists, but three of 10 from the floor. It's just not going to do it. You know, like that's, that's not enough. And that's the reality of the situation for the raps. You didn't get much from your top guys and it's your top guys that you're going to be dependent on, on the road and on the second night of a back-to-back. That's what separates average teams from good teams and good teams from great teams. That's just what it is. So tough loss for the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, you know, we're not going to spend too much time breaking down what happened in this game, but I do want to take a second to really shout out Grady because I think, you know, the way that this season is going, it's going to be about moments and using certain moments as building blocks. And I think what we've seen the last week of Raptors basketball, Grady getting more minutes I think you've seen him play well, even when the shot's not falling, even when he's not getting buckets, he's been super active on defense. And even when he, if he's getting beat, or even if, you know, there are plays where you've seen the other team have guys like drive down the lane and run through his chest and run him over. He pops right back up. He's ready to try to take a charge next time down the floor. And I think that stuff, as we've seen that come along and the fact that, Hey, he's going to be out there and hustle and you know try to play defense and just be active and compete on the defensive end because I'll stand by this a lot of defense is just your will to compete right everybody in the NBA is athletic everybody has a certain level of quickness which means in a lot of instances you should be able to play average defense above average defense Right, Because we're not talking about you're trying to guard Steph Curry here. We're just talking about can you play in the NBA? Can you stay on the floor and guard your position? And Grady is showing that he, he, he can get there. Right, He's close. And you can put him out there and he's not going to be a liability. And that, I think, is starting to translate into his offensive game. Because it's just getting, it's just getting you know, comfortable. You've heard a lot of different NBA players talk about, you know, what's the hardest thing to get used to when you make it to the league. And a lot of them will just say the speed of it, right? It's a different speed. It's a different game. And once you get comfortable within that, 
your game becomes a lot more comfortable and you, you're starting to see that. I mean, you know, again, it's not like all of his points were just him sitting in the corner and hitting open threes. He was active. You know, he took 16 shots. I think that's good. You want to see him get the shots up there. You want to see him confidently step in the shots. You want to see him make moves off the dribble when the three point shot isn't there. And we're seeing all of that from Grady. And you know, it was cool to see his parents at the game last night. I don't know if they were at this game. Not sure. Maybe I missed that somewhere. But my point is, you know, getting to see your folks, getting to be close to home. Maybe that was something that, you know, gave him a little extra juice. Whatever it was, he played really well. He played really well in this one. And I think that part is really, really important when we try to look at this game and figure out, okay, well, what's the positive to be able to take from this. And it's Grady having a night. On the flip side, Brandon Ingram. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. What a night for him. 41 points, 16 of 21 shooting, and he was just doing it all. And you look at this Pelicans team, it makes you wonder, what can they be come playoff time? Because injuries have always been their issue, right? Either Zion's down or Brandon Ingram's down. It's very rare that all of them, including CJ McCollum, are healthy. But if they are all healthy, this is a tough matchup. It, they're going to be a tough out because they also have like a defensive intensity. When you're talking about guys like Herb Jones, obviously we know what Alvarado's doing when he comes off the bench is, you know, Alvarado was doing his Alvarado stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't know about doing that in a 30 plus point blowout, but hey, when you win, you get to make the rules. When you're blowing out the other team, you get to make the rules. If you want to still do the hide in the background and do the steal off the inbounds pass, hey, if you want to complain about it, don't be down 30. So the Pels, though, I wonder, will they be a tough out in the playoffs? I think they will because the style of play and Brandon Ingram, like when you think about playoff basketball, you think about defense being key and you think about how many guys do you have that can just get a bucket when you need it? Zion might not be that guy, right? Like Zion's more so going to be a bully ball at this point. You know, that's his style of play. Between Brandon, but between Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, I think those are two guys that can get their own shot off, that you can draw a place for, that can knock down shots. And as mentioned, they're deep. They got nice bench and they play defense. And to me, that's a winning recipe in the playoffs. So I don't know if that's a team you want to see in the play-in. And I don't know if that's a team that you want to see in the first round of the playoffs either. So they're going to be super interesting down the stretch. And I also just think overall for the Raptors, and I'm not people who listen to this pod and have listened to me in other iterations. I'm not the person that comes on here and like makes excuses for the Raptors. Right, like this is a bad loss. Obviously, you lost by 38 points, and that is a tough L. But I always do try to add context, right? And I think that context is important in this in terms of you have a roster that's been in flux. You have a couple guys who are wondering, are they still gonna be on this team in three by the end of the week? Right? Like by the end of the road trip, because the road trip ends on Wednesday, when they get on that flight. Trade deadline day is Thursday. Are they going to be flying home? Are they going to be flying to Toronto? 
Are they going to be flying to a new team? You got a bunch of guys. Like, you look at the Raptors, right? Bruce Brown. Gary Trent Jr. Then you look at Chris Boucher. Dare I say Dennis Schroeder? What about Jacoperto? Like, I'm not saying those guys are on the table. I'm just saying there's a possibility where you don't really know. And if you're Masai Ujiri and you got a really good offer for Jacoperto, don't you got to look at that? If you got a really nice offer for Dennis Schroeder, don't you have to look at that? That's what I'm saying. This is a roster that's in flux right now. And I also think Schroeder's a guy who wants to help a team and win. So that part's super interesting to me. You're talking about a multiple amount of people on your roster that don't know where they're going to be at the end of the week. Playing on the second night of a back-to-back without one of your best players after blowing a 23-point lead the night before. This is a tough this is a tough loss for the Raps and one that, you know, probably was predictable if you ask gambling folk. I think I looked at the line right before the game started and it was New Orleans by 11 and a half. Like that's a lot of points, right? And you think that that line's a lot of points, then you see the final score and they won by 38. So yeah, Vegas is Vegas for a reason, we'll say, right? I'll get to a couple comments before I get out here on this pod, but huge shouts again to the people watching the pod and the people in the chat. Again, if you are in the chat and watching this podcast live, first off, thank you very much. Secondly, bless us with a like, bless us with a share, tell your friends. The Wrap It Up podcast is here. But huge shouts to the people watching live, as you can do after each and every Raptors game on YouTube and on Instagram. Just search Canada Hoops Daily. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe there. Same thing goes for a feed that's on the app formerly known as Twitter, at Can Hoops Daily. That's how you interact with the show live. And of course, if you ever missed the show live, we got you covered in podcast form up soon after on Apple, and on Spotify. Again, just search Canada Hoops Daily. This is the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. This is your show. So let's get to some comments here as what do we got first here? Uh, We got Ingram always kills us like Tatum does. Uh, I mean, Ingram kind of looks like Tatum in the sense of they have that same mid-range kind of KD you know, mid-range game that's kind of unstoppable because they once they get to their spots and get their shot off, you're not blocking their shot, and it's kind of money. So I understand that. But I, I mean, it's tough. There's not many teams in the league that have enough people to guard a Tatum or a Brandon Ingram. Now, I think in this instance, the Raptors, you know, there's more the Raptors could have done defensively but once my guy is hitting five straight threes and the shot making is just going in like that, that's a tough one for the Raps to manage. And they had no answers, right? Do you throw a double team at him? Like you're already down 20 plus, you know, at that point, you hope someone just tries to take the matchup, right? And take the matchup personally and try to face guard him or double or try to make him just give the ball up, right? I don't know. Super tough anyways. Uh, what else do we got here? 40 losses by the B day and it's a, Oh, by Valentine's day. It's a wrap. Playoffs are out of reach. We're, we're Raptors fans. Serious question here. Were playoffs a goal this year. That's my question. 
And also, once the trades happened, playoffs couldn't have been the goal, right? Once the trades went down. Um, I talked about it at the start of the year. If I'm not mistaken, I could be off by a game or so, but I feel like the win total was either 36.5 or 38.5. Somewhere around there was the win total set by Vegas to start the year. And I thought it would be over, but slightly over. I mean, that's going to be tough to get there now as what this was game 50 which means there are 31 games left yeah that's a tough one for sure tough one for the raps um let's get to more comments though my, my, my guy august says that was tough to watch scotty as a defensive swiss army knife guarding bi jv and others in that first half just didn't feel right tonight <laughs> that was a quote Big Dick Energy Confidence Game. That's it. That's all. Um, Yeah, interesting stuff. And it's tough for Scotty, right? And I, I try to be... I try to, to keep my expectations manageable for what Scotty Barnes is, you know, and, and where he is right now in his career. And I do try to give perspective in terms of the ask right now is very tough. Right, Jakob Pertl's the only center for the Raptors. Dad Young comes off the bench. Jonte Porter's banged up and hurt. Chris Boucher's not really a center, but he's also not really getting minutes, which means Scotty finds himself down in the paint, and he's having to like fight for position, for rebounds, fight bodies. You know, that's a lot because you're going to ask him to do that, and then you're going to ask him to try to guard Bi on on the perimeter. Again, that's a tough ask. And the the gift and the curse is that Scotty can do so many different things. So you almost trap yourself into falling back on that. Like, oh, well, Scotty can do that. Oh, well, Scotty can do that. And you want to get to a point where you build out this roster enough to where you're limiting the things that you throw on Scotty Barnes, meaning you have other guys to do some of these things. They're not there yet, but they'll get there. And I think right now, you know, Scotty's scoring numbers have kind of been down the last little while. And I think a big reason for that is just the fact that, you know, one, like all eyes are on you at this point, right? The scouting report is out and you are going to be atop that scouting report from here on out, right? That's just what it is. Um, but Scotty, you know, I want to say to start the year, you're seeing the odd 30-point game, 25-plus point game. Over the last, let's see here, since January 20th. Actually, let's go further back. Let's take it all the way to January 10th, right? January 10th, Scotty Barnes has been above 25 points twice. And I think before that, right, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hold on, hold on. Seven times before that. So I say all that to say, yes, I know his scoring average is 20 points. He's still right around that number. But also, the Raps have been getting blown out a lot, right? And 
in a lot of these games, it's tough because the focus is all on Scotty and he's at the top of the scouting report. So he's the defense is focused on stopping him. And now credit to my guy Zolfi for talking about this on the pod last night. Now it's on Darko to figure out the positions to get Scotty into so that he succeeds. Right? Because I think Scotty Barnes, you know, he started off the season. Uh, let's see, early on in the season, right? Like obviously there's only four games in the month of October, right? But Scotty was shooting 33% in that month, not big enough of a sample size. So let's go to the month of November. From three-point land, Scotty was shooting 38.8%, which is 39%, right? From three. Then in the month of December, he's shooting 40% from three, right? So far, as we've just finished the month of January, Scotty Barnes' three-point shooting is down to 27% in the month of January. Doing a lot better to start February, right? He's had, uh, he's gone one for two, two for five, and three for five. So like starting off February better, but this is the wave that we're going to be on with Scotty Barnes as we figure out what are the best positions for him to be in to score. How is he the more effective scorer and shooter for this team? Those are the questions that, that you know, I want to see answered. But right now you're in this tough spot because you don't have the depth. And so you fall back on using him to do everything. And that's an unfair position to have the kid in. Let's get to another question here. Uh, once the playoffs is lost, what else do we play for? Keeping our pick is about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. I I, I think there's lots to play for. You have guys that will be playing for jobs. You have guys that are playing for minutes. Um, if you're Grady Dick, you're earning, you're trying to play for to have a rotation spot on this team next year, right? You're playing for your NBA career. If you're Scotty Barnes, you had your coach out here a week ago or two weeks ago talking about how you're the face of the league. Now I know like that there's a lot of hyperbole there, but I'm saying there are massive expectations on Scotty Barnes. So you're playing for something. You're Emmanuel quickly. You're playing for a contract at the end of this season. He's playing for something, right? RJ, I mean, RJ, you could you could talk about RJ's playing for his reputation. I think a lot of the Knicks media and a lot of the talk of him coming out of being on the Knicks, there's a lot of slander there. And I think like RJ's doing a really good job so far of rebuilding his image of what he is. And I think he's doing a really good job. So I think there's lots to play for. It's just as a fan, are you going to be invested in watching Grady Dick's development? Are you going to be invested in watching Scotty's development, Quickly's development? Is he your point guard of the future? To me, those are interesting questions. What can you do with the development of RJ Barrett? Can you do more to develop him than the New York Knicks did? Those are all interesting questions, and that's what's going to keep me locked in for the end of this season. So I'll just let you know, if that's what you want to do, I'm be here with you and we can break it down after each and every Raptors game because that's what we do here on the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. Again, live and interactive after each and every Toronto Raptors game on YouTube and on Instagram at Canada Hoops Daily. Can Hoops Daily is the account on Twitter. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe in all those places. If you ever miss a podcast live, we got you covered. 
on Apple and on Spotify. Again, under the brand Canada Hoops Daily. Big shouts to the brand Canada Hoops Daily for bringing back this wrap it up podcast. Also want to shout out my OG listeners that have been back since the first iteration of this podcast. Really appreciate y'all tuning in and interacting with the show night in, night out. As I know, I know these have been some tough games, right? There's been some tough games on this Raptors trip, and this was definitely one of them as well. As they fall 138 to 100. I, I can't say that straight. Like every time I'm saying it, I'm triple checking as I read the score and, and I can't really like get those words out of my mouth because it just seems like 138 to 100. Is that real life? Is that a real life score? It is, but it's okay. Raptors fans. It's okay. We'll get through this. We'll get through this together. Brandon Ingram with 41 points eight three-pointers from Brandon Ingram. And if you're looking for a bright side, Raptors fans, look no further. The best game of the season for Grady Dick, 22 points, four of eight from three-point land. Signs of life. That's what you want to see if you're a Raptors fan. And Grady provided it in this one for sure. I'll give the final word to the, to the comment section here. A couple words here that says, uh, for sure, we want to see the guys get better individually. That can happen in losses. I think it happened tonight. That's why the losses are expected to me. Another comment, final comment of the show. I'm more excited about RJ Barrett this summer in hopes that a solid Olympic performance will springboard him into a great 2024-2025 season. Listen. Love the sounds of that, putting that out in the atmosphere. And I think that's a positive way to end the pod as well. On a high note, on a positive note, looking forward to development through the end of the season and into the summer for Team Canada. Definitely all about that. And especially after seeing Shea last night and Lou Dort, who's not excited for Canada basketball right now? Right? Right? I think that's awesome. Either way, Raptors fans, Thank you for tuning in to this podcast with me. We'll be back on Wednesday. Raptors take on the Charlotte Hornets. You just want to see, you know, more of a fight from the Raps in that game against the Charlotte Hornets. I think I'm done with trying to say guaranteed win nights because I'm definitely not going to say that for the rest of the season. But you hope to see a good game against the Charlotte Hornets. And then on Friday, you got Fred Van Vliet's return to Toronto. That will also be a very big game. Busy week in Raptorland. Busy week here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Appreciate y'all rocking with me and tuning in for sure. Always going to try to keep the vibes high, even during the losses. I feel like, you know, that's where we get growth as well, right? Trying to find the positives. There's no need in being down. It's sports, right? Yeah. That's what I like to think anyways. As I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. Live and interactive after every Toronto Raptors game. And as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.